0: Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Daniel, what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, Simon, we're talking about where the bears are.
0: Well, uh, that's a lot of places. Oh, I know this one. uh, The Arctic. Close, but also quite far away. (laughs) Well, that is what the Arctic literally means. The Arctic comes from, uh, I can't remember which language it is, but it's literally like place of bears. Arctos from Greek. Love that. Which is why the Antarctic is called the Antarctic, because it does not have bears. Because there are no bears. I love the idea that they, you know, explorers where came across... Aren't. Where the bears yeah, aren't. Yeah. I love the idea that explorers came across some land and went, well, there are definitely no bears. So, um, yeah. good to go with the name? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Cheers. So where are the bears, Dan?
1: Well, can you guess what this Where the Bears Are article might be alluding to? Is it a book? It's not a book, Oh, it sounds like a children's book. Mm. Uh, is it a piece of media? It is a piece of media. Is it an album? It's not an album. Is it a TV show? I'm going to give you TV show. Okay. Where the Bears Are is a comedy mystery web series Ooh. that ran for seven seasons from August 1st, 2012 to November, November 1st, 2018. The series' creators were writers Rick Cop and Ben Zook. Ben you've a brilliant name. Star in the movie together with Joe... De- oh, bloody hell, Siri. Shush. I've said something that set her off, bless her. And Joe Deetle? Deetle? Sure. Uh, described by the creators as a cross between The Golden Girls and Murder, She Wrote. Oh, my God. The series focuses on Nelson, Zook, Wood... Oh, hang on. Nelson, Wood and Reggie, played respectively by... Oh my! Hang on. I'm sorry. Siri (laughs) is pinging off. (laughs) I just keep saying things, and she's getting terribly excited. Hang on. I need. Hey, how can I help? I need to. to Hey, (laughs) hey, listen. (laughs) Hey, listen. Um, How do I just? How do I tell you to shush? Looks
0: like you need help writing a letter.
1: (laughs) Turn off Siri. Yeah, good. Hey, hey, listen. I was listening to um, one of their one of their compilation videos of their impressions on the way to work the other day. Oh yeah. And it was just brilliant. It's so good. Game Grumps is one of those resources that every now and again I go back to, yeah, like a
0: compilation. And they're so good. Like, I mean, admittedly, if you produce that much media, that's, you're going to have hits amongst that. I suppose we're seeing like the mm. concentrated Game Grumps
1: and not the hours and hours and hours. It's the extended discussion on Obama listening to their work. Oh. That, that, that kills me. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Hey, Michelle, get in here.
0: <laughs> they're talking about me. Doing an impression of me. <laughs> That, yes, that was meant to be both of our impressions of US President Barack Obama, in case people were wondering. Brilliant.
1: Anyway, back on track. Described by the creators as a cross between the Golden Girls and Murder, she wrote, the series focuses on Nelson, Wood, and Reggie, three gay bear friends sharing a house in the Silver Lake neighbourhood, who, in each season, are drawn into a different murder investigation, which, play, which plays out as a long story arc. Uh, is everybody else in the show an
0: animal, like a bear? Or are they just bears and it's never commented on that they are bears in a human town.
1: No, I think they mean bear as in the slang term oh. for a type of homosexual man. I think that's true. Well, that's less interesting. Well, I mean, okay, it's kind of interesting,
0: but I would want a detective show about bears, damn it.
1: <laughs> Where the bears are, I might just do a quick Google and see if there's a picture, because maybe they are bears. <laughs> I want them to be bears. They're not bears. Ah. I can confirm I want it to be like that show within The
0: Simpsons. Oh God, what's it called? Gentle Mike or something like that, where it's like the the bear with the microphone on its head. Uh, yeah, a web series. That's something that you don't hear about all of that often, right? Like you really don't. It was you very really much don't. a I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, like the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. When I think of a um a web series, that's like what I what I immediately think of. Although you also have um Doctor Horrible. I think of iCarly. Oh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, different strokes for different folks. Well, you know. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog was a um, web series as well, I think. The one with Neil Patrick Harris.
1: Oh,
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, because I'm looking on the wiki for web series now. Like, Red vs. Blue by Rooster Teeth. Mm. Lonely Girl 15. Sam Has Seven Friends. Yeah, yeah, there was like a real golden age. Mm. But, yeah... It's kind of, I suppose, with the rise of Netflix. Like, it was, this, was the, this was the attempt for high production value video on the internet, right? Mm. And then the general production value of stuff on YouTube crept up. And, you know, big studios started producing stuff on Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that kind of stuff. This was like an intermediary step, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So they've got seven series and it seems to have done relatively well. In the first season, the Bears are caught up in a murder investigation when they find a man dead in their bathtub the morning after Nelson's birthday party. The supporting cast also includes Ian Parks, Mario Diaz, Julio... The season was presented as a series of 25 episodes and a special Christmas episode was produced. Subsequently, a DVD was released of the series, re-edited into single continuous film. The DVD also featured the Christmas special as part of its two-disc set, as well as bloopers and outtakes, deleted scenes, a feature-length commentary, and behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creators. The first season was named Best Gay Web Series of 2012. Wow! By both After Elton and the LGBT blog Queerty. Oh, like Qwerty is in a keyboard. Mm, mm, but with mm. queer, that sounds quite a good name. See what, I like see what that. They did there. Wow! Yeah, so it seems to have done quite well. Maybe we have to watch it. So where, well, hang on, if I wanted to watch it, where do I watch it? I have no idea. Is there like a link at the bottom? Absolutely no idea. Maybe you
0: have to buy the DVD. Because that's the thing, right? Like, when I think of web series, at least they used to be something that was like, they would be on their own website, right?
1: It's on Deku, the streaming thing... Deku, which you can get as an added subscription on Amazon Prime. Right. Because, yeah, I suppose my... I'm now wondering whether web series are still a thing. It's just that they're
0: so commonplace that we don't use the name for it. Like, they're just series. Mm. Like, is The Expanse a web series? Or is Elite? Or, you know... It's something that's originally produced for Netflix. I suppose it's technically a web series. Like, Mm. it's, you know, just a series of videos, long-form videos that form a a narrative that are released
1: online. Hmm. What an extraordinary thing. Uh, season two, episode two, Truth or Bear? <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah, love that. Amazing, amazing. Excellent work. Well, I think we need to do some, maybe we need to watch this.
0: This is where uh, my credentials are thoroughly exposed as being fraudulent. But so, so a bear is
1: a older, hairy gay man? Is that correct? Yeah, usually, and usually slightly larger as well. Larger and hairier. right. And then there are otters, which are like that but smaller.
0: Yes. And then
1: I'm aware of twinks. (laughs) That's good good to know. Well done. I know they exist. I'm aware of twinks. (laughs) Can we isolate that and just have that as the next um, Instagram clip just you saying i'm aware of twinks listen to the WikiCast podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes we should we should probably talk about the instagram shouldn't we actually if you want to see two young twinks then you can head to instagram.com forward slash the WikiCast. which is we've been going for a couple of weeks now and i we were saying before we started
1: recording surprisingly popular yeah i think people are quite enjoying the short form stuff that's going up there and it also, crucially, the regular readers of this podcast will be aware of the sign-offs for this um, podcast. Namely, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube mm. channel. Nothing has gone on that YouTube channel for a very, very long time, aside from the podcast episodes, where you can't see our faces anyway. Well, you can see a cartoon of our faces. But yes, I do yes. agree. Yes. So if you want to see our
0: faces, do check out the uh, the Instagram. And we'll be putting, as we, we've done a test so far, but we'll be, we'll be putting clips from the show with a little waveform, maybe a bit of animation over the top of it. Because, I don't know, I think we both made a decision in the past couple of months to actually start taking this a bit more seriously. I'm like, hey, why don't we actually Mm. try and grow the podcast rather than it just being the same series of friends that come together and listen to us witter on for half
1: an hour. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's the internet's version of a WI meeting. It, it, I mean, it really is. You know, we're bringing sort of Victoria sponges, and and there's a village competition to see who's got the largest pumpkin or something.
0: I, I actually went to a women's institute meeting this week. Really? Yeah, I gave a presentation. So my I old job. If ge- you didn't open with this news, <laughs> I know it's really up there in, in sort of headlines of my life that I was at the Kentish Women's Institute. I was giving a talk because my old geography teacher is a member, and she like completely changed my life. And when she asked me, would I be willing to give a talk? I it was just like, yeah, absolutely. And then realized what I'd done. Like
1: So fast forwards to what this week. You, what did you talk about? The struggles, how hard it is to be a... A twink. A white male in 2023. Oh,
0: twink,
1: of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I, was, I basically did a, a
0: talk that I gave previously at a literary festival about the history of atmospheric science and sort of like, uh. not very technical, but like sort of introducing to a lot of concepts and a lot of history. But what was interesting was the audience was comprised, I'd say about a quarter of the audience was my old teachers. Uh. So like my old... A uh, French teacher, food tech teacher, geography teacher. Several administrative staff members were there, and they all remembered me. And it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Yeah, gosh. Getting up there and these people who you still think—and this is, you know, nearly twenty years ago—I still think of as being basically, you know, omniscient. These are the people that know mm. what they're doing, and I don't. And it was really, really terrifying. Good lord. But they all seemed to enjoy it, which was nice. And my mum was there. <laughs> first time my mum's been able to come to one of my talks brilliant
1: what did you do was there was a sort of tea and cake after the talk
0: no of all the the vaunted wi you know activities no cake i was promised cake and, and none
1: none was forthcoming that's that's poor that's that's very sad did you get a sort of a gift for doing the talk like did they they, they all chipped in and bought you a new doily for your sofa <laughs> or... a, a sofa doily yeah no, no,
0: I really should have asked for something like that, actually. Or I don't know, some particularly prized vegetables. I, I, I no I did I got the undying gratitude of my geography teacher. I was also paying her back for oh. teaching me my geography GCSE in her spare time because my I think I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I couldn't choose between history and geography for my GCSEs. So and mm. for people outside the UK, that's the qualification you do at age fifteen to sixteen. And, um, yeah, she basically just, there was a moment when I was talking to her about this in the class and she kind of pinched the bridge of her nose and was like, ah, okay, fine. I'll teach you myself. And so at Wednesday lunchtimes, I did my geography GCSE with her and then like, you know, did the coursework and all this stuff on my own and was able to do both subjects, which I then went on to do geography at A level. And then I went on to do kind of a PhD in it, which wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Mrs. Frost. Yeah, gosh. He did a PhD, innit? So yeah, that was
1: that was pretty pretty pog by oh. by Mrs. Mrs. Frost at Wellsway School. Hey, that's Giga man. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. <laughs> I need to explain. So both the words the words pog, poggers, and Giga Champ, Yog are and just any of. The, so my partner and myself have suddenly got into using these terms of phrase <laughs> quite a lot, but in really sort of not strictly appropriate sort of moments. Yeah. So, like, we—I don't know—we might be practicing singing the Benedictus for Schubert and G, because we've got a service coming up at the weekend, and we're both soloists for that. And she'll sing a really beautiful phrase, and it'll be very moving. And I'll turn around to her and go and be like, "Babe, that was that was Poggers." <laughs> 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 I love it. I completely love it. It's Brilliant. It's like, wow. Did
0: you see that? Uh, did you see the latest uh, exhibition at the Tate Modern? It was bussin', no cap. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That sunset is just. Chef's kiss. I want more Gen Z cultural criticism. Yeah, what is
1: this podcast at this point? Oh gosh, I, I mean, I I dread to think if we were to try and sort of categorize it. I mean, we we also said that we were we were going to try and start taking this podcast more seriously, which I think is it must be a contradiction in terms because that... no cap, no cap, we're
0: taking this more seriously. <laughs> There are people, a lot of people for whom English is their second language. Although, actually, I suppose, because a lot of people for whom English is their second language, they learn primarily from resources on the internet, right? Or like watching stuff on Netflix. Mm. Like, I suppose modern language and how it evolves in internet slang is actually quite easy to pick up. It may be easier to pick up if English is your second or third language. Because you don't have to overcome the conventions of, oh, that's how you normally say it, but, you know, ignore that. What we're going to say is poggers instead. Poggers. Poggers. Really West Country. Who, <laughs> hey, me? That's Poggers. I've been introducing Pixel Wife to the Wurzels recently. Because oh, brilliant. when I grew up, I had... It was in Scouts. There was a tape that we had in the minibus, which was called Nevermind the Bullocks. Mm. And it was the Wurzels covers of lots of popular songs, Yeah, which I didn't know at the time were covers. I thought they were original Wurzels songs. So yes. when I heard the originals, I was like, oh, wait, this is a cover of the Wurzels. This is worse. And it turns out, no, like, Rock DJ is not by the Wurzels. <laughs> Or tub thumping, yeah, famously <laughs> songs like this. But I introduced uh, Pixel Wife to this this album, and she cannot stop listening to it. She's obsessed. For people that for, sorry, it goes hard. For people that don't know, the Wurzels is a very West Country of England band. Their big hit was "I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key." Mm. But they've also done lots of other stuff. And the thing that really unfortunate <laughs> she might kill me for saying this on the podcast the the really unfortunate thing is the song that she's really latched on to is the Blackbird, not the Beatles one. I don't know if you know this original song by the Wurzels, Dan. I do very very well with a girt big stick. I'll oh, knock, knock you down. him down, Blackbird, Lavy. Yeah. The unfortunate thing about this is every time Pixel Wife sings along. And she'll go with a great big stick. I'll knock him down. Blackbird, or lolly. Na 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 And then she'll turn to me and go, "How's your father?" And then it's like, "Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Oh God, I'm sorry. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh bless her." So you know, of all the songs you could have latched onto, it had to be that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Gosh. Yeah. That's not the not the best. But from the ridiculous to the sublime, Dan. Should we talk about your choral piece of the week? Let's do
1: it. This will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. My coral piece of the week this week is a—it's is a, new to me, and I'm—I think it's new to me. I don't. I, think <laughs> I, I, I have terrible memory. Yes, I just can't remember. I think I, there's a possibility I might have done it before, but I, as I say, really can't remember at all. But as I sort of alluded to earlier. I have a service to sing tomorrow at All Hallows Gospel Oak in, uh, in London for the for Sunday the 28th of May, which is, incidentally, Pentecost. Hmm. And one of the pieces that we're singing in that service is a piece by William Byrd, and it's Non Vos Relinquam Orphanos. Ooh. And it's just really... It's just Byrd doing really lovely things, you know? I'd never heard of it before either, I don't think. It's lovely. It's very... It, it's quite short but it's just marvellous. I think it's really, really nice. The translation of the text, non vos relinquam orphanos, alleluia, I will not leave you comfortless, alleluia, vado et venio ad vos, alleluia, I go and I will come to you, alleluia, et gaudebit corvestrum, and your heart shall rejoice and it's just a you know it's a very lovely lovely piece and it and, I, and it fits quite nicely with the with the it's the, it's the magnificent antiphon for first vespers at pentecost it's a setting of that that um text ah oh. from the gospel according to john it's just really brilliant and very nice and we've got some other lovely music in there too i think there's come holy ghost by Margaret Atwood, is it? Is that right? Isn't she an author? Yeah, I think it's a different Atwood, isn't it? <laughs> she wrote Wolf Hall. Come, Haley. <laughs> yeah. Atwood. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's uh, If You Love Me by Philip Pullman. Yeah, by Philip Pullman. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing the uh, Tolkien Thomas. Requiem today.
1: <laughs> it's Thomas Tom, Thomas Atwood. Margaret Atwood. <laughs> God, she's done <laughs> I had no idea. And Sherbet in G. Ah, lovely. <laughs> yes. Very um, sweet So piece. that'll be a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. The music really fizzes, you know. da 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 <laughs> Somebody stop me. Right, okay, let's take a quick pause, and then we'll re- reconvene in Critics Corner. <laughs> all right,
0: all right. So, Dad, I, I wanted to... Well, there's something actually which we alluded to earlier in the first section, which we don't have a name for the first section, do we? No, I guess it's sort of
1: like housekeeping, isn't it? Wiki Corner? Well, it's when we talk about the article, apparently. Yeah, Another Corner. This, this room we're in it is It's
0: growing. Eventually, it's going to be a circle. There's just going to be infinite yes. corners. Which was about Navi from Zelda. Um, have you played or are you planning to play
1: the new uh, Zelda game that's just come out? Because it's what everyone is talking about. I really want to, but crucially to do that, I need to acquire a Switch. Ah. And I really want one. <laughs> I really want one. But I'm worried that if I do buy one... I don't know. I'm worried that my productivity is just going to sort of hit rock bottom, which I really can't do, having now started a job. What is quite an important job. Mm. Yeah, I've got a job, a barbaric job, and uh, yeah, I, I think I'm not going to have huge amounts of free time. And if I do, it's probably important to be sort of prepping and making sure I'm top of on top of work as opposed to. Hey, listen. You know, hey, listen. so I need to. Um, oh, go on. <laughs> need to go
0: on, Dan. You know you want food. to. What, what, that first paycheck, that sweet, sweet first paycheck you get from the new Yob. What's that going to go on? It's going to go on a Switch. It actually came in yesterday. Perfect. You could buy one on the podcast, Dan.
1: I've, do it. I've only been... <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> I only, I've only worked like a week and a half, and it was more money than I was expecting. Ah, well, I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah, sort of like, oh, right, gosh, I've got to... The thing is, though, I do actually sort of need to buy things that I really need to get some sort of... Like, like a Switch. New shoes and a Switch. I mean, um... and. A... <laughs> So yes, maybe I will. Maybe I can find a sort of secondhand one or something. Oh, surely there'll be
0: loads of secondhand switches out there. The console's been out for ages. Right, I'm looking right now. Are Go they going do to it.
1: release a new switch though?
0: I mean, I, I should because I bought. I've got one. I bought ours ages ago. Yeah, because it's old. It's
1: an old system now, isn't it? Really?
0: Yeah, but it's okay. Apparently, three hundred US dollars seems to be like the RRP. Let's have a quick look. Nintendo Switch Two, rumours and everything we know so far. You could get one bundled with the new game for, I think, £320 from Argos. Ooh. Or it looks like you can get... I think the base console's 260 Okay. Do it. Do it, then. Do it. The thing is, I have Breath of the Wild, the previous game in the series, mm. and I've just not... I've never really got into it. I don't know what it is. I, I said this on the slack for um, like the agency that I'm in, I I, I think the problem is it's so open world that whatever I do, I fear I am making the, I'm doing the wrong thing. And that because items have like durability. And so, you know, Mm. your, your weapons break and stuff like that. I'm just in this perpetual state of what if I'm doing the wrong thing? And the thing is, that's how I live my life every single day. And video games are meant to be escapism. So, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'm willing to give it another go. Maybe I just haven't really sunk my teeth into it enough. It's not really jived with me. Because I can't... You Presumably, then, if you've not had
1: a Switch, you've not played Breath of the Wild. But you watched the Game Grumps playthrough? Yeah, I've seen a lot of Switch sort of gameplay, you know. And it looks great. And the, the sort of the console itself looks phenomenal, you know. And to have something that's sort of portable again. I remember... This is going back a long time now. But I, I used to have a PSP. Mm-hmm. And that was great. I loved that. I had a... Oh, gosh, what was it? Did that come with... Was that disks? Did it use disks, the PSP? It used weird disks, yeah. Yeah. Weird, like, mini disks. And then you could also have... You could sort of jailbreak it, right? And put in a memory stick and then launch things from the memory stick. Right. Memory stick? Why did I call it a memory stick and not a USB? Oh, I know what you meant. Language is defined by, you know, how... Could you get the concept across? A memory stick is like what... My parents call these things. It's a flash drive. <laughs> I suddenly, sh- suddenly shuddered. Like, what's happening to me?
0: <laughs> well, the, like that scene at the end of
1: Indiana Jones, where you see your skin starting to waste away. Like, yeah, what, what is exactly. happening to me? I'm becoming a boomer. When, when my mother is typing on a like a laptop or something with a proper keyboard, the return key, mm. she still to this day calls carriage return as if she was. Oh my on God. Like...
0: <laughs> Now that's hardcore, right? That is hardcore boomering right there. Yeah. That's the atomic bomb of boomers. Carriage return. I know. Memory stick. What have you done to me? I will stand by your memory stick. I don't think that's an uncommon name for it. I don't know. It makes me feel old. Memory card, though. When I think of memory cards, I still think of the things that go into, like, PlayStation 2s or Gamecubes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Those things. Even though I use, you know, SD memory cards, I still just call them SD cards. Like, in cameras Mm. and stuff like that. Like, that part of my brain is like, nope, this is what this word means, and I am staying here. This is not changing for the rest of your life. You're going to be in a care home at the age of 85 when someone talks about a memory card, which will probably be some new thing, I'm still going to think, oh, you mean the thing that I saw the games
1: of TimeSplitters 2 on? (laughs) Useless. My brain is useless sometimes, Dan. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to be releasing a new Switch in the next year. Oh? Mm. According to leaked sources they think that nintendo are going to announce it when sony announced the playstation 5 pro oh oh right so what is it going to be a switch pro kind of thing i don't know or maybe just a switch too because the switch console's over six years old
0: yeah i was just reading that actually on my end it was released in 2017 Mm. i think Mm. hey they've
1: got you can get terraria on the switch
0: Honestly, Dan, I reckon just get a Switch now because if you if you didn't need a Switch in your life up until right now, you're not going to need a Switch Pro or a Switch 2 or whatever it's going to be, you know? Mm. You could always sell it and then get a new one if you wanted. I could, that's true, that's true. And and this way, you would be able to play Terraria, you'd be able to play Tears of the Kingdom. There's so many good games on the Switch Like because I, I have really enjoyed games on the Switch. I really enjoyed the Mario... Is it Mario Odyssey? Was the one that came out at release? That's excellent. The new Mario
1: Kart is excellent. Let's do a Terraria series, Simon, let's do it. Oh, I'd be up for that. That would be so much fun. Because,
0: I, I mean, I have a Switch. We could do multiplayer stuff and put it on Spongy and Electric. We could,
1: right? Because you can. Yeah. Can't, you, you just need, like, a capture card, right? Yep, I can record stuff from a Switch here. Mm. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Especially if we picked a game where we were both on the same screen. Yes. Like, do you remember what we used to play? Do you remember that weird... What was that called? Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. But that's still on. That's on the Switch. I've got that, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe I can justify it as a business purchase. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a business. A hundred percent. That's a tax write-off, baby. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm going to do some research.
0: I'm <laughs> such a bad influence.
1: <laughs> do it. This is great. Do it, do it, Dad. Do it. No, no. You will buy a
0: switch. Don't drink that tea yet, Dan. Stew it. <laughs> Stew it.
1: Yeah, we're not going to go down that room. We're not going to go... <laughs> Go down that route. <laughs> so, in the next week, I may or may not purchase a Switch. This is news. Excellent. Hot off the press. Excellent news. It's going to happen.
0: I've not been playing games really at all, actually. No, I haven't played anything for months. I've started streaming again a bit because obviously I've been taking time off with everything that happened with my dad. Yes. But I, I did a stream the other day and I think, well, actually, I've already mentioned one of them. I'm, I'm thinking of streaming some GameCube stuff because I've got an emulator now. I was thinking of doing some Time Splitters, which Ooh. is a. Re- when was Time Splitters 2 released? I mean, that's got to be about 2003. 2000- Three. Hang on, let's have a look. Time Splitters series. Give it a quick Google. Two thousand and two, Time Splitters two, and two thousand and five for uh, Time Splitters three. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to do it. I, I'm, I'm going to start playing games again. I'm going to. I'm definitely going to play those. And I think I actually have um, access to Kerbal Space Program two, which is now apparently playable. I don't know if you saw the debacle of the launch of that game, but it was dreadful when it first launched. No. What happened? It was, ba- I mean, the ba- it was basically unplayable. Like there were so oh many bugs, which were great gameplay bugs, but also graphical bugs, like the surface of of like Kerbal disappearing. And parts, like, f- spinning around on your rocket, and, you know, it was... To be fair, I've just described half of the things that happened in Kerbal anyway, because the whole point is you're an incompetent rocket engineer. I was
1: going to say, these things sort of happen, right?
0: But, um, yeah, so I, I might be I might be playing some of that, but, yeah, it's just not... I don't know, I, I guess it's just a feature of getting older, really, but it's games have become less of a part of my life yes and i'm actually more interested now in tabletop games like warhammer than i am in computer games yes is that just an
1: age thing i think maybe it is i mean i haven't been i haven't really been playing anything at all i don't know i, don't, I sort of i mean certainly because now i mean my job involves looking at a screen all day mm. it's quite nice to come home and not look at a screen yeah you spend all day at uh, work looking at bad screen can't wait to get home and look at good screen yeah i mean actually i say that my 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 partner would refute this because I get home and TikTok is properly like it's like crack for me.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I I have to stay
1: away. I mean, it's really good. There's some absolute gold on there, but also I can blitz through like an hour easily just scrolling through TikTok. I mean, the thing is, we could put the shorts that we have for the Wikicast
0: on TikTok. I just don't have it. I don't want the app on my phone, basically. Yeah. And I haven't done content on TikTok because I wouldn't want people to download it in order to watch stuff that I've made, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. yes, I know there's obviously lots of people. You're there trying to get the people who already have TikTok. But like, yeah, it's not a platform that I feel particularly comfortable about from a privacy concern mm. side. Like, And I know, yes, YouTube and and Meta and all the big companies are exactly the same when it comes to harvesting data it just so happens that TikTok is a Chinese company it's just that I have a choice now I have a choice about whether I want to open up an account with one of these big data harvesting companies Mm. if you honestly gave me the choice like 10 or 15 years ago would I have actually opened up all of my accounts with those big American companies I mean the answer is probably yes to be fair because like I've seen all the benefits that have come from that. Whereas with TikTok, what I see the benefit of is mild entertainment and wasting hours of my life.
1: Yes, yeah. That seems to be its sort of USP, really. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. I think as a platform, it can be used in a really brilliant way. You know, if you look at sort of Hank Green, right, Mm. and his work. But then also, that's the side that, it. I mean, it just takes hours of your life away. yeah. Brutally, and then there's all the data processing sort of controversy and things. So
0: it extends pooping. <laughs> you go to the toilet. Oh, it does with TikTok. Suddenly, you're there on the toilet for I don't know, good two hours. Like that's
1: good two days, hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. But what
0: you, I suppose, are going to be doing soon is you're going to be searching for a new house, right? Like, because your new job is in
1: London. Well, yeah, my new job is in Canary Wharf of all places, which is ex- which it's so bizarre. Yeah, Canary Wharf is like a resort. It's everything, it's like, it's it's all shiny and immaculately sort of landscaped. And, you know, my office is the third tallest skyscraper in the UK, my main office. I'm not there very often because I'm doing some consultancy work for an investment bank and I'm often over there, but it's just a bizarre place. And Thursdays are hilarious because I think particularly now, sort of in this post-Covid age, and the, the opportunity and facility to work from home is now so commonplace. Mm. Nobody really works on a Friday anymore. Really? Uh, well, rather, in the office. They work from home. So on a Thursday night, Canary Wharf is just a sea of businessmen with their ties off, shirt sleeves rolled up, surrounded by at least seven pints of beer. And they're all going <laughs> mad. I'll come out of the office and think, oh, maybe I'll have a drink. And I'm like, there is no way that I'm going to be able to get a drink here. It's just too busy, you know. Not to mention expensive. I mean, I imagine Canary Wharf pints are very expensive. Oh, it's crazy. I, went, I, I actually met up with Hugo Wickman. Ah, Mr Wickman, yes. Mr Wickman. And we had a drink after work one day. And we were having a drink. It was quite a nice place. Why did we... We got off at Liverpool Street Station and there was a pub nearby. And then we ended up going to another pub after that in, in Farringdon called Ye Olde Mitre, which is my probably my favourite pub in London. It hmm. uh, used to be owned by the Diocese of Ely, I think, or something. Anyway, Oh,
0: is this the one that's near Westminster Cathedral?
1: No, that's ah. the Windsor Castle, ah. but both very nice pubs. Yeah, Hugo ordered a double gin and tonic, and I ordered a pint of Astraea. Do you want to hazard a guess as how much I paid for those two drinks? A gin and tonic and a pint of Astraea, right, okay. So if you were a student in the UK, those
0: two would probably set you back, or, I don't know, a bit over a fiver, right? If you were in a normal town, I would hazard a guess at eight quid. I'm guessing it was over
1: ten. It was over ten. It was over 15. What? It was over 20. What? It was 22 pounds. Oh my god! Yeah, for a double gin and tonic. and And the thing is, that's not even that crazy. That's sort of like... That's criminal! It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I have been somewhere where a single drink... Duke's Bar in St. James, where Ian Fleming famously stayed, regularly went when he was writing the James Bond books. Mm. They've got a very famous bar there, and they do similarly famous martinis. Mm. Maximum of two per person per day. One martini will cost you £22.
0: Bloody hell. But that's
1: in St. James, which is very near Mayfair and the London sort of sort of hoity-toity land, club land. But still, just a regular, like a a house gin and tonic, double house gin and tonic, and a and a pint of a fairly inoffensive lager. I like it. Twenty two pounds. It's great. I think it's really, it's really nice. But I wouldn't. you You can't justify that price. Is just ludicrous.
0: I remember, like, the unfortunate thing is my baseline is what I paid when I was an undergrad, which was yes. outrageously cheap anyway. Like, at my college bar. So St. Peter's College, Oxford, has the best bar in the university because it's student-run. It's the only one that's mm. still student-run and owned. So the prices were dirt cheap. It was, I think, one pound forty. For a, for most pints and it was one pound sixty for
1: something like Starapramen. Yeah, but to be fair, when you started your undergraduate course it, it was still pounds, shillings, and pence, wasn't it? Yes, so. when
0: I say it was it was one pound forty shillings, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so adjusting for inflation. <laughs> It's actually hideously expensive. <laughs> That's because you're in order to deposit keep the beer small cold, <laughs> they had to drag the ice down from the mountains of Wales. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're going to be house hunting soon. That's an exciting prospect, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it's definitely not. Well, I doubt it's going to be house hunting. It will be like apartment hunting or a flat yeah. or something. You know. I mean, what's your ideal? What what's what's Dan Moore's ideal house slash flat? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think it's going to depend. I mean, I'll be starting in somewhere very, very small. Yeah, because... Because of who you are. Um, it's just very... Well, yeah, I knew you'd do this. just because, <laughs> I because it's very expensive. But yes, I am, as we've established, four inches tall. I don't know. I mean, like, there are places I know where I'd really like to be, but they're quite expensive areas in London, so I, I won't be living there for some time. But I currently commute in from... If I'm staying in London, I commute in from Battersea, which necessitates getting a train from Clapham Junction to Waterloo and then a Jubilee Line tube to Canary Wharf. And that's fine. I can do that round trip when it's not too busy because I get I get up really early to sort of try and beat the rush. Sort of, you know, I'm getting up at ooh, 6.30, 6.45. Mm-hmm. It's like a 40-minute round trip. And it's really lovely and good weather. And, and the weather in the UK at the moment has been stunning. It's been gorgeous, yeah. So it's it's a real it's a real joy.
0: We're recording this in full sunlight, With we're yes. closeting
1: ourselves away for the
0: the readership of the podcast.
1: But I don't know. This I I like. Clerkenwell is really quite trendy. Pimlico, I really love. I think I'd ideally like to be sort of north of the river and reasonably close to the sort of the city of London. Right. So you know, if I was in somewhere like Pimlico or Westminster or you know, but they're all ludicrously expensive. So that's probably not going to happen. But it's very, it is a very exciting prospect to be thinking about, you know, at some point having to look for a flat to rent and being in, yeah, being in London. We should get you
0: on um a property pro, get you on location, location, location. Yeah,
1: or something like, more likely for the kind of place I'll be, I'll be buying, a spin-off of like Cash in the Attic, but it's just like Dan in your attic. <laughs> <laughs> Who would live in a shoebox like this? <laughs> I, I, I sort of fly through the window, hummingbird style. <laughs>
0: yeah you're in the background of other people's property searches programs (laughs) yeah Oh, and there's a Dan Moore up there. He is nesting oh, yeah. up on that small shelf.
1: They're actually protected, so you'll be able to do the house renovations you want. It's like when you find bats.
0: <laughs> and he's, he's he's forming a nest out of, I believe it's... Yep, he's gone back in and he's bringing in pieces of choral music that he's scrunching up and making into a nest to sleep in. Isn't nature beautiful?
1: Speaking of bats and TikTok earlier, I saw a very funny TikTok of a, 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 TikTok, a guy had made where there was some sort of flapping and crashing around in in a shed that he could hear so you see him sort of walking over to his shed and you can hear this sort of flapping around and he sticks his head into the shed and then his head appears out again and he sort of says to his partner or something oh honey there's a there's a bat trapped in the shed and then it cuts to inside the shed and it's a guy in a in a full batman costume going (laughs) alfred help me alfred (laughs) god's sakes (laughs) silly silly silly, daniel
0: Daniel. It's, it's very silly It is very good. Well, speaking of silly, should we go and have a look at Patreon's user interface? Let's do it. Expert segue. Oh, we love that. Professional. Slick. That's why they pay us the big bucks. On patreon.com forward slash (laughs) the wikicast. God, I'm good! (laughs) so we find ourselves in patreon corner this is the part of the show where we thank the lovely people who make the show possible uh, who have been paying for our hosting for our lovely editor fergus and um we do actually need to once we finish the episode today dan let's talk about dates for you to come over to bath so we can talk about recording we'll pay for those mm. train tickets that uh that dan will be using and how can people support <laughs> us on Dates for you dan? to
1: come over to bath i showered this morning how dare you <laughs>
0: Yeah, at uh, uh, £1 a month just make sure that Dan actually has a bath It's uh... Yeah, bird bath, obviously
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a requirement <laughs> for your new apartment It has to have a bird bath Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately the flat doesn't come with a bathroom however there is a lovely stone bird bath on the balcony <laughs> Dan preens his feathers and there flicks his, uh, <laughs> flicks his head <laughs> <laughs> I love that image <laughs> <laughs> so, Dad, how can people support us on Patreon? Well, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and you can support at various tiers, but most crucially, you need to decide whether you are team cat or team dog, whether you are a member of the Church of Clark Catholicism or a member of the Church of Mormonism. If you choose the top tier for a mere $5 a month, we will read out your name for every episode, to say an enormous thank you to supporting us. The money that is that, that, that we, we bring in to, to support the podcast goes to such marvellous courses as... Courses? Causes. As entry. I, what I did there was... Henley. I, I, took, I, I, t- I took took the idea of a cause and then just added a little equine sort of je ne sais quoi, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, this is one of those episodes. I'm losing it, Dan. It's I can a, feel I can feel my soul it's leaving really... my body.
1: It's really unhinged. It's right on a knife's edge, isn't it, between just about <gasps> passable to, passable to the put out ship, <laughs> the internet. The readership has been at home eating cereal,
0: and the spoon is somewhere between the cereal and their mouth, and it's been there the entire time. They're just <laughs> waiting to
1: see if we're going to crack. The tension is unbearable. Oh, we're close. It goes to such marvellous causes as paying for our glorious editor, Fergus, and paying for our hosting, and a multitude of other things that we'll be announcing later in the year
0: and as such i would like to thank the people who are our top cats which would include isabella <laughs> who are our tolkien which, you, you, no don't uh, don't i'm so on the edge Go <laughs> on break him <laughs> oh i'm I, I, at the best of times I, my psyche is held together with like duct tape elastic bands and a hope and a prayer like this yeah. is you're know, stretching the the tolerance of sellotape to its limits <sighs> okay, I'd like to thank Isabella, Rents Kirk, Lexi at Front Desk's Arch Enemy, Dan Hanvey, James S., Christopher Betterton, Simon P., Naffy Iftikhar, Oliver Burkhart, Cole Mansfield, the Kyrene on Caffeine, Izzy CC, I'm going, Dan, I can feel it.
1: I can <laughs> feel it, Dave. Stop
0: in. Here we go. <laughs> Anna Reifer, Nathan Flaherty, Dame Valerie Third, Leila Medina, Jack Easton, and Will Jenis
1: Humphreys well done well done i'd like to say an enormous thank you to jay wright ben mcmurtry peter reed codzo colin j brown lexi at front desk Hasse hansen henry the seventh king of england and of france lord of ireland aaron jorgensen Naflarok, Adrian andrian with an n chan ben Capels, martin narciso christian frommsey alps lexi at front desks boss amy bonnie sophie carnav and dan nelson thank you so much for your support and now on with the rest of this accursed show <laughs> <laughs>
0: And we find ourselves coasting in to the hub. It's like the end of the Blues Brothers. Like, the car is all but falling apart. We've just got to... All it's mm. going to take is one slam of the car door and the everything, not just the wheels, but everything will fall off the podcast. We're in Correspondence Corner, and I have an email here from Faith Jones titled, Episode 117. Hi Simon, I have just listened to the Into the West episode of the Wikicast, having been a long-term listener, and I wanted to send an email of support for you during such a difficult time. I don't have the right words, but I'm thinking of you and your family as you learn this new way of being. I'm also in the process of losing my dad to long-term illness at the moment, and I've struggled with feeling alone in this process. Thank you for speaking about your dad and your grief so openly in the podcast. Again, I don't really have the words, but it simply made me feel less alone. Take care, Faith. Well, thank you very much, Faith, for that message. Um, and I think something which I well, something which I said in the eulogy at my dad's funeral, and I think something that we've tried to embody in this podcast is that um, my dad was definitely someone who didn't take himself terribly seriously. And one of the things that I implored people to do at the end of the eulogy was to d- go and do something silly. And I think by doing something silly, we are keeping his sort of personality, his spirit alive. Mm. And so, um, you know, in, I wanted to talk about the process of him in this podcast, yes. But I also didn't want to be... to change what the the podcast was last week. Well, last episode. Or this week. You know, this, this email comes at the end of a very silly episode, or so it feels. And I think that's something that dad would really appreciate. I think, you know, every case of this, every case of losing a parent is going to be completely different. And I think your mileage may vary, basically. What's worked for me may not work for you. But I think the thing that you've got to hold on to is who your dad is... And how they have affected you, and be conscious of that fact. And and keep keep embodying what they mean to you in how you live your life. And part of what my dad means to me and continues to mean to mean to me, I mean, is that silliness. And you know, that's partly why we do this podcast. It's to mm. to be silly and make stupid jokes and just to be mates with each other in a format that other people can Can enjoy so you know being open about it and having what to some may have felt like a bit I suppose of like emotional whiplash is part of that Mm, absolutely but I'm very I'm very sorry to hear of of what's been happening with your dad faith we are thinking of you and I'm sure that the readership would join me in saying that and um, I hope that we can provide some silly distraction in the um in the coming weeks and months
1: we can certainly provide distraction that I mean that we're very very good at that yeah, mostly to ourselves. We're, we're the equivalent of yes. a dog chasing its own tail. We also have an email here from M, and they write, Dear Simon and Dan, I've been meaning to write in for a while since your episode on Wacky Sports, but after your request for more correspondence on the last episode, I thought I'd get my act together and actually write something. Here's hoping I'll be a bit more on it when it comes to writing up the PhD. Ooh, writing up the PhD. Ooh, who would do that? I'm not sure... What kind of I'm not idiot? Sure it counts as... <laughs> I'm not sure it counts as wacky, but my definitely unconventional sport of choice is wheelchair basketball. Ooh. Uh, I'm in awe of people that play yeah. wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby. It is absurd. What could be better than strapping yourself into a solid metal contraption with wheels and a bumper on it, speeding around while handling a basketball, and attempting not to crash into people, and aggressively getting in other people's way with your wheelchair? It's a very good question, Em. I don't know. I don't think there is anything better.
0: I'd be up for it, Dan. If we had an opportunity to play wheelchair basketball, I would be so up
1: for it. Yeah, me too, actually. And yes, I would spend half an hour just
0: trying to ram you off the court.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's no running involved... Now, this is pod racing. There's no running involved... And when you get to shout wee really loudly as you speed around the court, if that's your thing, contrary to preconceptions, you don't need to be disabled to play. Lots of wheelchair basketball clubs are open to able bodied people as well. If that sounds in any way fun, I'd invite the readership at large to look up their local team and have a go. I'm currently the Capford, Capford, I'm currently the captain. Where did that come from? I think because I saw the word Oxford and, and put them together. <laughs> I'm currently the captain of the Oxford University team. And if you or any readers, no membership of the university is required to join the team are ever in Oxford on a Monday evening and want to try something new, we'd be happy to put you through your paces. Oh, on a completely different note, we, yeah, I'd be well up for that. That sounds great.
0: Because I go to Oxford every now and again for work. And, you know, you've got parents there. Maybe we could mm. make that work.
1: Ooh. On a completely different note, given both of your musical prowess... I was mildly horrified by your pronunciation of Bryn Terfel's name. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Once more for oh, you, Em. Oh, no. In Welsh, the F symbol is sounded as V, so you need to spell FF to get an F sound. The first minute of this video, and Em is very kindly linked a video, features the man himself explaining how to say his name and slightly dunking on people who go down your route. Thanks, or should I say... uh. Dioch and Var. Var, va, Var, right? That's a V, isn't it? Well, it's right? an F, but it's um, a V.
0: It's like Spanish. It's yes. weird.
1: Yeah, for the non 10 M. 4.5, 5, What? 5.4581. 5. <laughs> 5. <laughs> you can movies, do it, Sam! Ironically of Wales. <laughs> Come on! Okay, I'm going to listen to Bryn saying this. Yeah, hang on, I'll do the same. Tervel. There you go. Hmm. This is good knowledge. I didn't know that. I had no idea.
0: Uh, uh, you know, I've lived really quite near Wales for quite a while, and I didn't know that either. So Em has done a great service to the podcast <laughs> by, by picking <laughs> us up on this. Verily. Verily. So thank you, Em.
1: And also, yeah, doing
0: wheelchair, wheelchair basketball. That sounds fun.
1: I'd like to do we that. We may need to try and make this work. Yeah. Okay, and we may be in touch to organise a time mutually convenient. Let's do it. So, Dan, what have we learned today? Today, Simon, we learned about where the bears are. Oh, yes. I'm aware of bears. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) I'm I'm aware of bears and twinks. (laughs) Yes, yes, you certainly are. Where the Bears Are is a comedy mystery web series that ran for seven seasons from August 1st, 2012 to November 1st, 2018, obviously. Of course. I still think it'd be better if they were actual bears. I'm just going to be on the record as saying that. What like bear bears?
0: Yeah, bear bear, like like Ursus bear. Like bears. care bears, but bear bears. Every time there's a murder and you just get a bunch of like, you know, four four actual like grizzly bear I don't know, we could have different bears. We could have a panda bear and a grizzly and a polar bear. And they don't speak.
1: And a gummy? They don't they, they still just roar at each other, but they still find a way to crack the mysteries. It would make for a really quite unimpressive, unchallenging murder mystery because it's all it is is just bears going around killing people. No 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 the
0: bears ah, here's the twist though. The bears are solving the murders, but one of them definitely also did it the entire time. Ah, one of the I bears see. just has like blood on their claws. And the, Brilliant. Yeah. And they've got like little police outfits on, like,
1: <laughs> you went a, a bit Yoda there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Funny joke. <laughs> Funny joke. <laughs> mm.
0: Stay on target, Dan. Oh, Stay on target. we was lord. so close. Good, good lord.
1: This podcast um, is shaking itself apart. <laughs> it's like our. Um, it's like our old washing machine. <laughs>
0: Standardized <laughs> washing
1: machine needs to like threaten to take off and just burst through the outside oh. wall of the house. Hey, that could be a video for the Instagram. Oh, that classic video that we have of us from, uh, in yeah. front of it. Yeah. Maybe, we, maybe oh, we'll see. Put if, you that can fi- if you can find it, put it on the Instagram. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll have a look and see if I can find it. We talked about the Instagram. We did. We spoke about my choral piece of the week. Non vos relinquam by William Byrd, I believe. Yeah, we talked about some gaming, about Zelda and how Dan
0: has literally bought a Switch during this recording of the podcast. Indeed. And
1: wheelchair basketball.
0: Yeah. The greatest. What a, I mean, the tail end of this podcast was like... Again, just chaos. I, I think this this is either one of our best or one of our
1: worst episodes, and I genuinely can't tell. I don't know what I think. It might be the sort of weather or something. You know, when kids in the playground in like windy weather, they all go a bit mad. <laughs> what? More children? Do you know this? This is a thing. No. Yeah, teachers say this all the time. I've got teacher friends who are like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a nightmare today because it's windy." <laughs> it's Have you never heck, heard this? It's heckin' windy. Well, no, I've never yeah. heard of this before. Yeah, it's a thing. You speak to um, Pixel Wife about this. I'm sure she'd agree with me. I mean, okay.
0: When I was a kid, I didn't play outside. I was in the library every break and lunchtime. So maybe I just missed out on this behaviour. Like, I'll ask my wife. (laughs) Okay.
1: There is a known phenomenon that primary school children go a little bit crazier in very windy weather. Oh, only primary school? Well, it'd be slightly alarming if there were older children in a playground like that, but Yes.
0: Right. Okay. Let's. That. We're so close to finishing this and putting this thing in the ground. Let us know if you thought this was one of our best or one of our worst. Extraordinary. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. Join the Discord, and if you'd like to see our faces,
1: check out our Instagram. Really good. Didn't draw. Didn't draw attention at all to the fact that we changed that screen.
0: <laughs> no. I, I. I
1: think. I think I got away with that. I definitely didn't. Sound if you'd like to see unhinged. our faces, check out it. Wow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Zany, wacky, <laughs> YouTuber shocked face. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Should I get a switch? Wheel scare.
0: Wheel scare. <laughs> oh, God, the wheels, Dan. I can see a wheel has detached from the
1: podcast. It's running down the hill. The wheels on the bus, on the Wikicast bus, are in. Uh, the over car. there, there, and in that hedge. <laughs> Should I get a switch? wheelchair basketball stories and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next next time. time.
0: What can we have for thoughts? Uh, reviews of... Uh, um, Should I get a switch? Windy childhood stories. I don't f- know. Windy ch- What, gassy kids? Yeah, gassy kids. That's sung by Elbow. <laughs> gassy kids That's... on the corner...
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. Oh no... <laughs> I was, I was doing so well. A very... A saddling okay, come on. light crows. <laughs> God's sake.